Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show, aka what I think is the most complicated episode I have put together for you so far on the show in the last, gosh, almost five years now of podcasting. Anyway, I'll tell you a bit more about this week's episode in a minute. I feel like a mom marveling at how quickly her kids grow up this week because my Bold Darling mentoring program is about to turn one year old. I cannot believe it. I created the Bold Darling program as I could see far too many stressed out, burnt out, unfulfilled business owners in my community. And when I launched it in March last year, the program immediately caught fire in a good way with the number of new members far surpassing what I had even hoped for from day one. And over the last 12 months, I have spent time with this group multiple times a month, and we have had 12 absolutely stellar experts join us too, but more on them soon. I absolutely adore the women in this group to see them coming together with the shared goal of growth, then implementing what they've learned and seeing their businesses and their own happiness grow month on month. It's incredibly rewarding to work with them. Because business really is a tough road and it's a lonely road and that toughness and loneliness is intensified in the challenging economic times like we're experiencing at the moment. Those business owners who have a growth mindset and an infrastructure support around them, I believe are really the ones who are constantly future-proofing their businesses. I would love to welcome you to find a more supportive, sustainable and strategic way of running your business because this week I flung open the doors for new members to Bold Darling. Yes, this is, I get to open doors twice a year to the group and I just love this connecting with my community and welcoming new members in the door and seeing them settle into the group and immediately start to get those wins and that traction in their businesses. It's yeah, it's really, really special. Doors are closing at midnight. That's AEST next Tuesday, 4th of April. So they really aren't open for long. It's a very short card open this time and they won't be opening again until October this year. Please go to bolddarling.com to find out more and of course to sign up. Okay, into this week's episode or guests, and I've actually got five of them this week for you, which is why this is such a complex episode for you this week. So in this week's show, I feel like that Bold Darling is the Lorraine show, probably to all external appearances. And maybe what some people don't realize is every month we have brilliant experts come and spend a session with us. So they spend an hour with us in an expert workshop. And that expert workshop is aligned with whatever our monthly theme is. So how Bold Darling works is we have quarterly planning days every three months. And that is where we review the past quarter and also plan forward for the next 90 days together as a group. We have get shit done time. We have hot seat mentoring. It's 
awesome. Love those sessions. And then every month we run on a monthly curriculum. So essentially every month in Bold Darling, you get to focus on a different element of your business and life. So for example, we will have a mindset month, we have money month, we have profile and influence month, we've got strategy, you get the idea, yeah? So every month I host a masterclass for the group. The following week then we have a tutorial to unpack the learnings and really apply the learnings from that masterclass in their own businesses. And then in the third week we have an expert masterclass, which is pretty much where I open up my little black book of hard-earned contacts over the last 11 years plus in business. And I invite the expert that I feel would add the most incredible value to the Bull Darling group on the topic that we are covering that month. And honestly, when I'm opening up this little black book and I'm reaching out to these experts, I am, what I like to say is I'm audacious in reaching out to these these experts. I really do want to have the very best of the best coming and spending time with this group. And I am so gratified and so touched that everyone I have asked so far (laughs) has said yes. So thank you to the incredible 12 experts we've had in the first year. What I wanted to share with you this week is a, 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 I guess, a snippet of the goodness that I guess maybe some of the biggest takeouts that these speakers have shared as part of each of these expert workshops. As you can imagine, the workshops are an hour long. They are jam packed with nuggets. They're all Q&A style. So I, knowing I'm obviously quite intimate with the group and I know what their biggest blocks and challenges are in a certain area. So I'll prepare questions, send them to the guest speaker in advance, and then we do it very conversational as, as you'll hear. And it's really, really fun as well. So what I would like to share with you is, I guess, some of the biggest points, a point per speaker that have really landed for the Bull Darling group in these monthly sessions. Obviously, I would love to share the whole session with you, but that's going to be far too long. <laughs> so I'm sharing probably five to six minutes from each expert that, yeah, is very much a self-contained nugget of advice that I think will really, really help you. Okay. It was really hard to choose just five. Oh my gosh, there was 12 to choose from. So what I tried to do is, I guess, spread the spread the love across the different areas that we have focused on over the last year. Okay. So first off, for the best advice from our Bold Dolly experts is Julie Masters. So if you haven't come across Julie yet, Julie is, she founded one of the first speakers agencies in Australia 14 years ago. And she was responsible for nurturing the careers of some of the world's biggest speakers. And since then, she has moved away from that business and she now speaks herself as an expert on the field of influence. So Jules was our expert workshop host for Profile and Influence Month, which is where we really dived into personal brand and growing our personal brand and marketing our brand within our businesses as well. In Julie's clip, you're going to hear she's talking about the difference and the reason she's responding to a question that I've asked in this clip. And I asked about imposter syndrome because I know that imposter syndrome is something that shows up not just in the personal brand space for business owners, but across so many different areas of their businesses. So I really wanted to, given that Jules is an expert on the field of influence, I wanted to ask her about the challenge that imposter syndrome can create for not just speakers, but for business owners more broadly as well. 
I loved her answer. As you will hear, she talks about the difference between confidence and certainty and also introduces a concept to me that her and I have never talked about. We're besties and have been for quite a few years and she'd never shared this nugget of information with me and it was so valuable. (laughs) I was frantically taking notes. I was watching back over the video for this to choose these clips and Jules is talking and she's so engaged and I think she's kind of looking at me on Zoom going, why aren't you looking at me? And my head's down because I'm frantically taking notes and I think that's why I am so honoured and privileged to get to host the experts that we do host within Bell Darling because I get to learn something every single month as well. So I'm going to bring on my brilliant friend and incredible expert Julie Masters and she is talking about the difference between confidence and certainty. The flip that I used to see in the way that I used to describe it is there are those who who are waiting for confidence and what used to kill me is that I would meet some of the most brilliant human beings with some of the most brilliant game-changing ideas, with some of the most amazing businesses and experience that outstrips those that are getting all of the attention. And what would keep them on the sidelines would just be this one word, confidence. I'm waiting. Mm. I'm waiting to feel. I'm waiting to become confident. And then the ones that were out there and the ones that were in the full expanse of their kind of like brilliance, of their influence, of their impact, of their authority, they just were not interested in that word. There was not even a question that they asked themselves, do I feel confident? They focused on having what I came to call after witnessing it over and over again was a mindset of certainty. Mm. They just had this certainty about them that, you know, I'm going to, today I'm going to give you the best that I've got. You know what? I've been doing this a really long time. All of my experiences, everything that I know, my wins, my failures, I'm going to give you the best that I got. And, you know, if you can't take anything from 20 years of my wins and failures, then let me tell you, that's on you. Yes. I'm going to show up. I'm going to give you the best that I have. Can I just pause you there, my dear? Because I think the difference is that if you get on stage and you're not confident or someone is is in that kind of situation, that they almost... (sighs) And I've been there, you know, where I'm doing a session and I'm not feeling confident. It's almost like your personal responsibility that every single person in the room has a massive aha moment and goes and changes their business or takes seven major actions. Isn't it interesting how there's almost a a cutoff point for someone who's feeling confident who doesn't feel that huge responsibility versus someone who doesn't have that sense of confidence and it's all on them? Yeah. That's fascinating. The belief that I am here to contribute. Mm. I am here to contribute to this conversation. I will show up for that. You know, I'll show up for that with the best that I have. And I will treat it with due respect. But it's not up to me to do these things. It's not up to me to make these changes. It's not up to me. But I will show up with the best that I've got and give it everything that I have. And that's the difference. There's an amazing neuro neuroprogramming. Is it neuroprogramming? I always forget the correct term. NLP, neurolinguistic programming? Neurolinguistic program, amazing guy called Alan Parker, and he taught me the difference between first position, second position, and third position. And it was a game changer for me. He said that first position, when you are in first position, you are only listening to the monologue in your own head. Yeah. You're just listening to the inside of your own brain. And that's not a powerful or impactful place to be at all because you're consumed, you're not present. The second position, when you move, when you can move out of your own head, where we tend to go to then is what we call second position, which is now I'm obsessing about you. <laughs> what are you doing? This is oh, all very goodness. familiar. Yeah. Oh, they just crossed their arms. Why did she cross her arm? Oh, my goodness. He just. Well, why, why did that person leave? Yeah. 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 Did they need the toilet or have they just yeah. left? <laughs> I once spoke and there was someone asleep 
<laughs> on their arm in the front row. No, I'm joking. And every speaker I know has that experience. Yeah. And so if you start winding yourself up into a frenzy, you know, in second position, constantly trying to second guess what everybody's doing or thinking or feeling, again, not a very powerful position. So what you want to get to is a place called third position. And third position is like a helicopter position. Third position is where I'm not listening to what's going on in my own head and I'm not obsessing about what's going on in yours. I am responsible for this room. Mm. This is exactly what you do, Lorraine. I am responsible for this collective. And I will move where they need me to go and I will show up for the entirety of this collective. And if there's one person on their phone, I don't, their parents might be sick, that's for them. I'm responsible for the collective. And once you get into third position, you start to kind of impact, like embody a far more powerful state because mm. now I'm here for the collective good of this whole room. Yeah, it's almost a move from being narcissistic when you're in first and second position to being altruistic where you're actually there to contribute and, and yeah, take care of other people. And it's interesting, team, I just want to bring this back to the group from the masterclass that I did. I was talking about a couple of weeks ago about profile building. And I made the point that so many of us hold back from growing our profiles because we don't want it to be seen. Oh, it's all about me. And look at me here. I, you know, I want some attention. And what I really tried to bring it back for the group was it's you getting in the business's way if you're not prepared to get out there and grow your profile, because there are people, customers, clients that you could be helping and serving who are just not knowing about you because you're playing small and and keeping insular. So I think that's that shift as well. It's that shift from being, it's not narcissistic to be there growing your profile. It's actually altruistic because it's in the greater good of your clients and your community and customers. And I think it's exactly what you're saying there. We actually can do some of our best work when it comes to this space, when we're coming from a place of sharing and wanting the best for other people rather than getting caught up in first and second position. You've never told me about that. I was taking like frantic notes as you share that. I love it. There you have her, the brilliant Julie Masters, who was our featured guest expert for our expert workshop for Profile and Influence Month in Bold Darling. Next up, as one of the featured experts for this episode, is Jacqueline Carlson. So Jacqueline is an online marketing expert. She has worked with entrepreneurs and also major media titles, for example, Mamma Mia. And she has been pretty much their right-hand woman in crafting out what their product suite is, everything from, from identifying what that product will be initially, right through to marketing, launching, and selling that same online product. I have sought out Jacqueline in my own business on launches in the past, and she really is the true blue expert on marketing online products. Jacqueline was our guest for product and pricing month. So we spent an entire month in Bold Darling focusing on the product suite. For those of you who have are currently completing the show up with me, you will be familiar with the Ascension model. So that was an element of that month within Bold Darling as well. And then I brought Jacqueline in because, as I said, she is right at the forefront of designing, marketing and launching and selling online products. So as you will hear, Jacqueline talks about the importance of email lists. And I was so glad (laughs) when she brought this up because it really is a bugbear of mine how many online entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general focus so much on their Instagram, their Facebook, their TikTok, their Pinterest, and either neglect or completely ignore their own email list. So in our 
brief conversation that you'll hear, the snippet of our conversation, you will hear Jacqueline talking about the importance of list building and also of some tips on how to list build as well. So let's bring on Jacqueline Carlson as part of Product and Pricing Month within Bold Darling. I always go back to email lists. Like I know, yes, you need to be on your different platforms. Yes, you need to be speaking to those audiences, different channels. But your main objective, no matter what channel you are always on, is to get them onto your email list. And Can you explain why, Jacqueline, on that one? Just spell it out. Exactly. One, this is I mean, your email list is your own property. It's owned assets. So whereas numbers are great for vanity metrics. So if your Instagram channel is growing and you're really excited about it, fantastic. And there's obviously benefits to that. But at the end of the day, if a different platform launches or we close up shop, your email list is your only owned asset. Yes. Or they change the, you know, the platforms change the algorithm. So I just want to speak to this one for a second because I saw it hit our influences really hard in the Remarkables group many years ago, because when I started the business, there was really only Facebook and Twitter. They were the only kind of platforms that anyone was on aside from their blog as in their website. And Facebook started to bring in that if you had a business Facebook page, they started to charge you to actually get the reach. And then as soon as you started paying, that was it. Then you were almost like you were locked on that subscription model pretty much till now for life. And it really messed like quite a few of our influences dependent a lot on depended on Facebook a lot to get people over onto their blogs, which is how they got the unique visitors, which is how we could justify what we're charging our clients for. So when that changed, like it was a real, like it really upset the apple cart for a while. And we just had to build in the cost of promoting every single post into all of our campaigns. So I think that's the thing. You're almost, it's like the difference between having a rental, like living in a rented house and living in your own house. You just, no one can kick you out of your own house. Whereas the rental, yeah, you're more at the mercy of what the owners want to do. And I feel like I know how much you have to juggle and I know how much you have to do. So sometimes it just feels like one of those things where like, oh, I'll I'll set it up and I'll do it. It just is, it's the most important thing. When my clients come to me and they say, okay, I've got a course, I've worked it all out. I've got the beautiful branding. I'm so excited about it. I'm like, okay, great. What have we been doing to list build? And they go, oh no, I haven't started that yet. Yeah. Which is completely, I mean, that literally happens every single time because we leave things, you know, human nature, we leave things to the last minute. But if you can do one single thing that will help create a successful launch, it's to start building your list now, building your community now, even before the product even exists. Like if I could give you guys one piece of advice, it was that even if you think you might launch a course next year, create a landing page, create a waitlist page and start to talk about it now. Even if it just says coming in 2023, Mm. my meditation course for kids, sign up here to express your interest. Even if you don't even know what it's going to be called or look like, start to create, because you will start to have people go, I'll put my email address down and you will begin to build that list slowly. And then obviously, as you get further down the track in the product roadmap, you can put a bit more detail around that. But building your waitlist now and creating that sort of FOMO factor before it even exists is a brilliant strategy and will just help you down the track to reach those enrollment targets and those financial goals when you get a little bit closer. Yeah. And another one as well, I would love to add to that, Jacqueline, is just simple things like getting people, if people are following you on Instagram or Facebook, getting them onto your email list, you know, almost like transitioning your rental, like it's what you least to buy type thing. And trying to get them off your, not, sorry, you want to keep them on socials, but you want to capture them on email. So really simple ways to do that. So I've got a couple of new lead magnets that have just, just gone up that we've got paid ads behind them. But something I need to do is to get on Instagram and say, hey, I've got this thing. Like, so if anyone is following me, Wilder's going out for his walk with his nanny and he like leans in the window and waves every time he goes out. It's so cute. But it's just shouting at you. If people are following you on Insta, but they haven't necessarily joined my list yet, it's like, oh, just letting you know, I sent out an email every Monday or I've got this new 
I don't want to say lead magnet to them, obviously, but I've got this new PDF with this new ebook, e just getting people over there. Can I also just add as well, another one to that, Jacqueline, is I think we have this perception that we can only have online, like successful online products if we've got these epic lists, like huge, huge, huge lists. And I worked with someone last year as a mentor, as a coach for me, and she was doing $1.7 million in her business at that point in terms of revenue. And she only had two and a half thousand people on her email list. So my email list at the time was 5,000. And the fact that she had half the people on her email list and yet she was doing this incredible revenue, like it just, it's really with your email list, it's quality over quantity. And I think you spoke to this already, Jacqueline, this idea that the numbers being the metrics. When you get really pointy about what it is you're offering people to get them onto your email list and speaking to them, it just means you're going to have a very tightly curated intentional list so that when you do offer something that's in line with the things that they're expecting from you, you've got a really, really solid list. Would you agree with that, Jathan? Absolutely. And your barrier to purchase is going to be lower when they've already been warmed up and primed. You've established credibility and trust. They pretty much, a DS scenario, they have their wallets out ready to go because you've mm. been speaking to them at various touch points on socials, off socials in their inbox, you know, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, wherever it may be, they've, you've had this continual journey with them. So they've built up that credibility with you. And you juice that by various lead magnets. I mean, the list building process for me is ongoing. It's never just for a launch. It's a continual process throughout the year. Different yes. Points in different that is years. such an important point that Jacqueline has just made. And I know I have done this where I show up hardcore on Instagram and emails and like list building. But it needs to be an always on process because you constantly, it's much better to you know, bring in 20, 25 people a month or a day or whatever it is you set your ads to rather than just, okay, I need to sell. Now I want to bring people on because if you've got it as always on people, it means that they're coming in and they're being nurtured, as Jacqueline said, like they're getting a weekly email from you or some extra tips or whatever it might be. And to your point there, Jacqueline, they've got their wallets ready. So I think that's a really, really great point you've touched on there. Thank you. And it kind of feeds into the comment, Anna, that you've made in the chat. Yeah question about sort of MailChimp versus active campaign or other sort of email software providers. When you provide, when you create your lead magnets, obviously now that you know, okay, what is the end goal? What's the program going to be? What is the lead magnet going to help solve? Who is the target audience? You're going to be, it's going to be so targeted to that specific audience that the people downloading that or opting in or signing in their you know, email address in exchange as sort of their value exchange. It's going to be so targeted and focused that the likelihood of them purchasing is going to be higher if it's not just a cold you know, you know, pitching out to a cold list. With that being said, one of the beautiful things with marketing automation is that if I download a very specific, if it's a meditation course for kids and you've already sent through like a little teaser of meditation, I'm much more likely to be warmed up because I've downloaded that, that lead magnet. So I can then be put into one of your email lists or tagged in the back end of your marketing software that says, okay, she's downloaded this particular list. And now she will be able to go into, and you can speak to me a different way than you would have spoken to someone that you might've just spoken to on Instagram. That was the brilliant Jacqueline Carlson talking all things email list building. Okay. How fun is this? I'm loving sharing these little, they feel like little behind the scenes sneak peeks <laughs> to you for bull darling. All right. The next expert that I wanted to share with you is one of my Longtime friends and also probably even longer time <laughs> mentors. And that is Jack DeLosa, aka the founder of The Entourage. So I actually joined The Entourage in my first, gosh, I think my first four months of my first business. And Jack was a really pivotal figure 
to me in really helping me, I guess, find my feet as an entrepreneur and, and define myself as an entrepreneur. So I was absolutely thrilled to have him come and join the group in January this year. And our theme that month was strategy. So really empowering the group and teaching the group how to be the best strategists that they can be within their businesses. And I shared in my masterclass that month that really an entrepreneur's first responsibility above anything else is to be the captain of the ship of their business. So I was thrilled to have Jack join us because he is honestly probably yeah, he's the best business strategist that I've ever gotten to to spend time with and get to know. So yeah, was thrilled to have Jack join. So in the clip that I'm about to share of myself and Jack's workshop with the group, he talks about how every entrepreneur can be an effective strategist and how we can create more space to work on our businesses. He's also got a really powerful message in here for those of us who are mothers or parents. And so, yeah, let's bring on myself and Jack. Okay. Now I want to talk about strategy as a skill because that's essentially what it is, isn't it? It's like learning, you know, obviously this can be the processes. As you know, I'm a huge disciple of Vern Harnish and you and I sat next to each other at a Vern Harnish event many, many moons ago. So we can have all like the processes, but I do also think it's a skill that we want to keep honing in as business owners as well. Do you think every business owner can be an effective strategist? And if so, how can they do that? How can we become effective strategists? Yeah. And so I think the cleanest way to answer that is some people are big picture orientated people. Some people are more detail orientated people. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, about 80% of entrepreneurs are big picture people. And strategy is going to come more naturally to you if you're a big picture person. Yes. If you're a very detail-orientated person and you haven't yet developed that sort of big picture muscle in your own thinking, then it's going to become less naturally and less obvious to you. And so it's going to become it's going to come more naturally to the big picture thinker. However, it is a skill that anybody can develop because mm-hmm. if if you're a detailed thinker, you just need to train yourself to come out of the detail or even more effective would be schedule time to come out of the detail. Yes. Yeah. Almost like compartmentalizing that time to look at it more, more helicopter view. Have you read rocket fuel? I can't remember the authors of it. It's a couple of guys wrote it and they talk about the difference between a visionary and an integrator. And there was something like only 3% of entrepreneurs can be both. Like you're kind of one or you're the other, but yeah, most people are visionaries, which is what you're talking about. I think that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll come more naturally to you if you're a big picture person, but if you're not a big picture person, you can absolutely train the muscle. And again, you know, like Lorraine, that's what you do in groups like this. Like that's mm. what we're doing now. That's what we do at the entourage. That's what we do with our members. That's what we do with our team, which is when you start to make a little bit more money, when you start to employ a couple more people, you know, as Georgia said before, she's organized a virtual virtual owls. And yeah. So it's a VA agency. Yeah. I love it. And so she's starting to build out her team mm. there. What that buys you is time to think strategically. And so it is absolutely a skill that just about anybody can develop. And the more freedom and altitude you buy yourself in your business and in your life, the quicker you'll develop the muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So good. I just want to add one more point there. And I'm super conscious of the group here and many of you are probably mothers and all of that kind of stuff. So this point may or may not land. But what I would say is this, 
It's not just about buying yourself altitude in your business life, but also where can you buy yourself altitude in your home life? Yes, yes, now, yes, yes. Right? And so there's going to, and what I'm not saying is, you know, abdicate responsibility in the That's absolutely not what I'm saying. Send and, our and kids to Jack's house. <laughs> and there's yeah, going to <laughs> There's going to absolutely be things that that we love doing in the home, right? Uh, there's nothing for me in particular, but some people love cooking, right? And so if you love cooking, then cook. If you love gardening, you know, my stepmother loves gardening. And so, and so that's absolutely something you, if it lights your fire, then do it. If it's a requirement that your kids need, then do it. If it's something that relies on you for the household to run, then do it. But if there's stuff that could be outsourced that you don't enjoy doing, that doesn't have to be done by you, and you can delegate it for $40 an hour, $50 an hour, $100 an hour, whatever it is, if the revenue that you're making in your business is more than what it costs you to outsource, then you're getting the arbitrage of that time. Let me explain what I just said a little bit more clearly. One exercise I like to do, team, is help business owners to work out their hourly rate, right? And so let's say you're doing a revenue of $500,000. So just go annual revenue. You might want to write this equation down annual revenue. So let's assume $500,000. Let's assume you work 48 weeks a year. So I'm going to go divided by 48. Let's say in within each of those weeks, let's say you work an average of 40 hours, just hypothetical for argument's sake. So it's total revenues divided by weeks worked, divided by hours worked in the week. And so I'm just going to assume for sake of exercise, you work 40 hours in the week. If you're doing $500,000 revenue, you're working 48 weeks, an average of 40 hours for each of those weeks, your hourly rate is $260, your effective hourly rate. And so if you can outsource something, the way I think we need to think about this as asset creators and investors, which we all are, is if we can delegate something for $200 an hour, then you've got that arbitrage uplift of $60 because that's what your time is worth. And so if you can delegate whatever it is, either in the business or, as I'm saying, in the home for less than your hourly rate, that's how you continue to delegate, 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 outsource, 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 and you delegate to elevate. That was Jack DeLosa talking about how every business owner can be an effective strategist. All right, I just realized that the first three speakers I've shared within this episode, all their name all begins, all of their names begin with J. <laughs> Let's bring on an L. So in Money and Profit Month in Bold Darling, I was really keen to focus on profit first. Now, if you haven't come across Profit First yet, do not fear because you're about to find out more about it. But it's a methodology that was created by an author called an entrepreneur called Mike Michalowicz. And he wrote a book called Profit First. I read the book a couple of years ago now. And I've been implementing Profit First within my business faithfully since the start of 2022. So when it came around to Money and Profit Month, as I said, I was really keen to really introduce the group to the Profit First methodology. And who best to do that but the CEO of Profit First Australia and New Zealand, Laura Elkaslassi. So Laura came and joined the group and essentially presented a workshop on Profit First, how to apply it to your business. And it's funny with these kind of, I guess, more inverted commas, heavier topics like finance, I guess not heavy, but the more technical topics. 
And it's always interesting to see how these topics land with the group. And it was incredible how engaged the group was for Laura's talk and how many of the group went on and explored Profit First and have since implemented it within their business. And I've experienced myself, it really has been an absolute game changer. It just makes sense. I cannot imagine running my business in any other way now. And I've been running my business for 11 years. And for nine of those, I wasn't running Profit First. And I kind of just look back at myself and go, why Lorraine? Why? It would have been so much easier. So I'm about to bring on my conversation with Laura Elkaslassi. And in it, she shares really what's a very, very succinct, clear and helpful summary of the profit first philosophy and why it is so helpful for every business. So I'm going to bring on our expert workshop host from Money and Profit Month in Bull Darling, Laura Elkaslassi, who is the CEO of Profit First Australia and New Zealand. Hey, while you're getting that up, can I just share what I did? Because I think it's a little like slightly different to what we've spoken about which is somewhat related to Profit First, but not based on Profit First. So with my priorities, my number one was savings and I save Mm -hmm. half of everything I get, but I don't keep it all for savings. So I have two business accounts, not as many Mm -hmm. as what's in Profit First, but I put immediately 50% of earnings in there. And then I use that account to pay my tax obligations. So that's why I only paid a bit towards tax because there wasn't enough to cover GST and tax. And then I had a small buffer left over and I assumed it was empty, but if there was money left in there last time, (laughs) That's really great. That's fantastic. And what I would say, and I know that Nadia will probably go into this further, is be really clear on the purpose of the accounts because right now that's okay because you can keep track of what it is that you're doing and that there's savings and that you pay it towards you know tax and that sort of thing. But when you like there is a tipping point in your business where you've got surplus of savings, and if you're not fully clear on the purpose of what it's there for, it can be really easy to just kind of go, oh, what do I do with it? Or spend it and then going to go, oh no, I should have, whatever. I'm not saying that's the case for you, but yeah, no, I love that. And it's a great way of, you know, putting, I love that it's a percentage as well. You have my heart, Sam. (laughs) So Laura, can I just ask a question? Because I know obviously we're saying everyone's very different and our priorities are different. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a love when you do this game because it really shines the light on that point. How much are we trying to moderate our own behavior? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'll answer that question by showing the bank accounts and then the percentages because I think it really falls into that. thank you. All right, so let's share that screen. So I like to definitely relate stuff to food. I'm a foodie. So (laughs) this is why they're plates because when we go to the buffet, we're eating too much usually because it's the one thing. But the plates are always really small and the glasses are really small at buffets. You can't get much food on them. It drives me crazy. (laughs) That's why you keep going back for more. (laughs) The idea is, is like serving plates or buckets. And the five different accounts that we recommend that you start with is having the one income account. So the only thing that happens is the income flows into that, nothing else. Then you have your profit account over here, which a percentage goes towards that. You have your owner's pay, and this is for you. This can include your super, it should include your PAYG for yourself, it should include everything. The biggest mistake I see with the owner's pay is that whatever's sitting in that account, all of it goes out to the owner and then there's a tax bill that's like, so you do need to think about that. But I'll leave Nadia to go into more details around how you can set that up. Then you've got the tax account and that's where your GST can go in there as well and then your expenses. So these are the five bank accounts that we recommend 
you can start with one or two, or you can even add more as you do more advanced versions of it. And to answer your question, Lorraine, if I click on this, where we sort of look at in terms of percentages is what research has been done worldwide as to what a healthy business is. And so based on the different revenue ranges, and I'll just stick to this first column, 100% of your revenue, real revenue, that's after your materials and your subcontractors that are needed to bring money in or fulfill that. But I'll, again, let's just put that aside. Let's say you've got money in your revenue account, 5% of that goes to profit immediately. I can't believe I'm up to my last expert. I could happily share these brilliant people with you all day long. (laughs) So the last expert that I wanted to share with you as part of this highlights reel of the experts that we've been fortunate enough to have come and join us in the Bill Darling Group is Brock Vulanovic. So Brock, I invited to be our speaker as part of Content Month, which was actually just last month as part of Bill Darling. And within my masterclass, I shared tips on how to create content that really connects with your dream client. And when I was thinking about the expert that I wanted to bring in, I could see that in in the conversations in my tutorials with the group and the progress and celebration sessions, that Instagram seemed to be a real, it was the most blocked content channel for the group. There was a lot of procrastination, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of just, I have NFI, how to show up on this platform, please help. So when I was creating content month, I actually brought this month forward a few months. I wasn't going to tackle it till later on in 2023. But when I saw what a what a challenge it was creating for the group, I decided to to hot foot it <laughs> out a bit earlier, and we focused in March on the theme of content. So I invited Brooke to come speak because I think there are a lot of people who present themselves as Instagram coaches and specialists out there, and I find myself from following Brooke. She really walks her own talk. She is an absolute consummate expert in the space of Instagram. And she's actually the person that I sought. I sought out her support myself last year to really audit my own Instagram and to help me with strategy and what kind of content I should be sharing within my Instagram to really serve my community even more. So yes, there was only one name that came to mind when I was thinking about who this Insta expert would be. And Brooke came and... (laughs) She was just brilliant. She's so high energy, as you will hear in a second. And she just doesn't mince her words when it comes to how businesses can really get the best out of Instagram. So let's bring on the brilliant Brooke Vulanovic as part of Content Month in Bold Darling. So you said the first biggest mistake is just not having your account set up properly, not having your links showing, not having your bio correct. What are the other two biggest mistakes, do you think, if you had to pick just two more? Pin posts. Okay. Yes, tell us. Instagram Instagram now gives you the opportunity to pin three of your posts to the very top of your feed. So again, if you have a look at my Instagram account, you will see the very top three posts have a little pin in the top right-hand corner of them. Can everybody see that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, why this is such a fantastic opportunity for businesses is that it allows you to pin posts that say who you are, what you do, what services you have on offer, how you can help them, 
or whatever content, if you're pump, pumping out a lot of content, like I pump out a lot of content and I start to notice certain, for me, it's my expert-based posts. So the posts where I share basically how to grow a business on Instagram, they get me clients instantly. So I have pinned, as you can see, one post talking about an event that I just hosted, which shares who I am and what I do. One reel, which is my best performing reel and actually gets me new followers constantly. So that grows my account. And then one post how to grow your Instagram in 2023, which is my highest converting expert, free, useful content post. Now, whenever a new follower lands on my account, they don't have to scroll through post and post and post and post and post to discover who I am, what I do and what I offer. They just need to look at the first three posts, which let's be honest, that's what most people do. They look at the first three posts. And it also means for you as a business owner, you don't have to feel like, oh, I am constantly sharing promotional content or I don't want to feel salesy. I don't want to feel like I'm constantly pushing this thing. You don't have to anymore. You do one really good promotional post, pin it to the top of your feed and that's it. And you can post whatever you want. Yeah, gold. So good. Thank you. So when you're pinning posts, you want posts that explain who you are, what you do, what you offer, what you're the expert at. Mm. And it'll depend on like what your business is, but they're the posts you want to pin. And you can only pin three. And I would revise that at least monthly. Are my pinned posts still relevant? Are they still a really good representation of my brand? What I'm talking about in them, are the offers still even available? Do I have new offers? Is there something new that I want to promote? That's basically your area at the top of your feed to show up and sell and sell whatever you want. So don't be scared to audit that regularly and update it when you need to. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. And third biggest mistake. So we've done setting up your profile or your bio. Not having pin Third posts. biggest mistake, yes, not using hashtags or using the wrong hashtags or not using hashtags strategically. So hashtags work on Instagram like keywords work on Google. They essentially categorize your content to put your content in front of the people that are actually searching for that type of content. So when you're creating hashtags for your post, you're allowed to use 30 hashtags on every single post, Instagram recommends to put them at the end of your caption rather than in your comments for maximum yes. discoverability. And you want to ensure that you're thinking about what are the keywords that my ideal client would be searching Instagram for when they are looking for solutions to their problems, but they don't know my business or my brand exists. So the main mistake that businesses make when it comes to hashtags on Instagram is they get too literal with what may be in the photo or what may be in the video versus what keywords can I use that are, are going to attract the right follow-up, my ideal client to my brand? There you have them, five of the 12 brilliant experts that we have been lucky enough to learn from in the Bold Early Mentoring Program over the last 12 months. I really hope you have found 
their advice helpful. And as I said, I just wish I could share the whole workshop with you, but that's why you join Bold Darling. <laughs> Doors are open, as I already shared, until midnight AEST on Tuesday, the 4th of April. And if you have any questions at all on whether or not the program is right for you, please don't hesitate to reach out on Insta DM. I'm having lots of conversations as I'm recording this. I've just launched today. We've just opened doors and I'm already getting lots of questions from potential members. So please don't hesitate to reach out if you do have any questions. And very excitingly, I'm going to have some bonus episodes coming up over the next few days. So you may have heard me talk about the show up, which was the three-day personal brand experience that I've hosted over this week. So over the next three days, I will be sharing three bonus episodes, which are each of the show up live, or each of the show up sessions. So I really hope you enjoy those as I've talked about a lot over the last few weeks. In order to grow our businesses, we really need to get out of our business's way by amplifying our own personal brand, regardless of the kind of industry or business that you are involved in. So I really hope you enjoy those bonus episodes over the next few days. And thank you so much for joining this week's episode. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au, or connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week. Thank you.